You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to our final part of today's program, and it's the favorite part of my week a bit of artsing around with Andrew Dembina. Andrew, it's so nice to have you on the program. Top of the afternoon to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the afternoon to you, Noreen. Thank Noreen you. Mayer. Yes, thank yeah. you. Well, that was, a, that was a lovely introduction, and we have some uh, a, a lovely topic, which I've been saving until this week, because next Thursday will be the media preview of M+, finally, which um, is the uh, big new art gallery in the West Kowloon Cultural District, and it's being touted as, um, as Asia's first global museum of contemporary visual culture. So it opens to the public next Friday, but there will be um, an opening ceremony at which um, uh, there'll be also like a press conference and stuff like that. Um, that, that that's the Thursday. But then, then the doors will be flung open. It's been much discussed, as we've all heard, those of us, it's hard not to have heard about it if you've lived in Hong Kong for the last five or so years. It's been uh, a, a big structure that's been upcoming on the West Kowloon Cultural District um, and uh, it, it, was, it had different people in charge of it. It was stopped and started with a bit of scratching of hairs to decide whether it would go below the ground because of MTR lines, because it's right next to Kowloon Station or very close to it. And, um, you know, there, there were all these discussions going on. And finally, well, I say finally, it is scheduled to open next Friday for the wow, public. Long so, awaited. How exciting. Yeah. Well, it is. It is. I really, you know, being an uh, art lover like yourself, Noreen, it's, um, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. So what will it contain? I hear you ask, Noreen. Noreen? <laughs> How did, what, is it con- what will it contain? Ah, yes. <laughs> Good question. Um, it's, uh, well, the answer is that, that, that it's going to have um, not only Hong Kong and Asian art, but also um, uh, its own collection of art from around the world as well. I mean, beyond Asia. So within that, it's going to have um, historical art. It will have an area that's devoted, or part of its collection will be devoted to architecture and design. Um, So design from product design, not not in the kind of history of product design in Hong Kong, but cutting-edge design from right now. Remember, this is a contemporary art museum. So this is one way that it's going to be different from the Museum of Art in Chimsa Choi. So it will be, when we talk about contemporary art, that usually means after the mid 20th century. So from, from, the, from, the mid, uh, from the 1950s or 60s after that until right now. And there'll be, there'll be moving image from Hong Kong, greater China, Asia and the world. And the size of it is actually quite amazing. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's just colossal. 700,000 square feet. What? 700,000 square feet. That's, that's massive. Yeah, it is, it is. I mean, that's including a small amount of terrace around it, but not a lot. It's not like just gardens that are being counted in that. This is the indoor space plus a rooftop, which, uh, which will be, uh, there will be works displayed, actually, which is quite interesting in a lot of the public areas. So there's some, something that is called, and I haven't seen pictures of it, a grand staircase which will be uh, I suppose an alternative to lifts because it's a few floors high so there will be a staircase probably I, I mean I've not seen renditions yet so I don't know if it will be 
similar or not in the interior to uh, as, as the Hong Kong Museum of Art is, where you've got the escalators taking you from ground level up to the top level, or you can get a lift. Um, or I suppose you can also take a staircase. But this grand staircase in the new M+, Plus will be an area where there will be rotating sculpture and artwork. Um, rotating, rotating artwork and sculpture? Yeah, when I say rotating, I don't mean moving artwork oh, as in kinetics, oh, okay. that you watch them rotate. <laughs> I mean that there will the, be the, a rotating roster, the roster of artwork of it. Yeah, sure, will, okay. be, yeah, will be displayed there, yeah. Um, so uh, the, when, better, when it opens... The better type sorry? of rot- I said the better type of rotation, to be honest, because it wouldn't make sense to have a sculpture actually just rotating in the middle well, of the room. Although if that, you had a really tall one, yeah, uh, let, let's, cool. let's, let's think this one through conceptually. <laughs> if, there was a, if there was a staircase, if there was some kind of circular staircase and you had a huge sculpture oh. going up the centre of it and it rotated, that would be quite cool. Or just a I rotating... Wonder what, I wonder if that was what part of the delay on the deliberation of opening the place was. Yeah. How or, to get the uh, or, or just a set of rotating sorted. staircase, kind of very Harry Potter. So one minute you wouldn't know which atrium you'd be, you'd end up or what type of art. You know, you go on those wow. rotating stairs and it'll take you to another chamber of art. <laughs> chamber of art. Very Potter-esque <laughs> in your description. Um, it's um, yeah, that would be interesting, and it would also be it could be a kind of a an artwork from the moment you step in, sort of almost like you're involved in the performance and you make of it what you will. I don't know. Yeah. I, you, I, I know that you like to uh, think uh, very laterally when it comes to art, Noreen, and that's a, that's an interesting idea. Um, there will be one and a half thousand works on display from next Friday. That's the plan. Uh, and that will they, they will all be from uh, mostly not there's there's one exception one big exception that I could, I'm going to mention in a moment but most of those and one and a half thousand works will be drawn from the actual collection of M plus so it opens part of the um, development of any world class art gallery is having its own collections we've spoken about this before particularly during COVID. Uh, the, the Museum of Art in Chimsa Choi has this. All good art galleries, whether they are state-run or privately run, the really big ones have their own collections and they do show different things at different times. I'm not going to say they rotate them, otherwise we'll have that same conversation again. But they change, they change their, their artworks on display from time to time and the M-plus is no exception. And in its, um, in its gallery space, it's going to uh, show across 33 galleries when it opens next Friday to the public, six different thematic exhibitions that are drawn from different areas of um, interest in the M-plus collections. And I'll just take you through those, if I may. Um, the exhibitions, then, that are going to be on from next the end of next week are, the first one is called Hong Kong Here and Beyond, and that's going to be on the ground floor, divided that, that exhibition will be itself divided into four so-called chapters. They're calling it chapters. Um, so different sub-themes within the main theme that aim to capture uh, the city's transformation uh, from the 1960s until the present day through visual art. And so this is very much a look at the development of uh, Hong Kong art uh, from the 1960s until now. And those four chapters, as they call them, are titled Here, Identities, Place and Beyond. So um, Mm. 
Well, you'd, you'd have to go along there to see what those uh, what sub about. themes mean. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I guess they're going to be in all kinds of different uh, media, from um, you know, from projected installation type of artwork to straight, straightforward conventional painting on canvas, for example. Mm. Um, and the next, the next one of the six uh, themed exhibitions is called the M Plus Sig Collection, and this is um, that's the name of a, of a donor. Someone um, donated a lot of artworks, um, and his family name was Sig S I G G. Um, from revolution to globalization is the subheading for that one, and it's a chronological survey of the development of Chinese art from the 1970s to the 2000s. And this is um, these, these are all taken from the archives and the collection, which is called the Sig Collection, from the donor of those. And then there is something called Things, Spaces and Interactions, which is uh, all about design. That's all about architecture and international design and architecture, putting Hong Kong into context and Asia into context with um, different waves of styles of architecture and design from the 1970s until now. And the fourth one is called Individuals, Networks and Expressions. And this is a look at post-war international art only, uh, so not from Hong Kong, uh, and not, not much from Asia, but so it's outside of Asia, the rest of the world, um, and it's told through a perspective of Asia. So it's trying to find things that would be interesting or that may even overlap with some themes of Asia. Like there were times, for example, in uh, early 20th century art where... Um, and and, and these, these won't be in them, but, um, but where the Japanese costume was found to be really interesting. Monet, the Claude Monet, one of the Impressionists um, from the uh, sort of first half of the 20th century, used to get um, kimonos and have models dressed up in kimonos, and he would paint them because there was a fascination with Oriental um, art from Japan, Japanese watercolours and inks and woodblock printing at that time. So I think there's going to be international art, some of which show influences of Asia within them and, uh, and others which are just given some commentary um, that were noted from Asia as being interesting in other parts of the world. Um, next up is uh, a British sculptor whose works have been on display before in Hong Kong. I don't know if you ever saw any of these, Noreen, but um, or if the name rings a bell, Anthony Gormley. He, he's a British sculptor now in his, um, he must be in his late 80s, if not 90s. And he had these cast, metal casts of sculptures. So there would be um, bronze uh, sculptures that were around Hong Kong. And some of them were in streets. There was one in the middle of a street in Central. There were some around City Hall. Did you ever see any of these? Yeah. They were mostly mostly on Hong Kong Island. I don't know if there were some in Kowloon as well. I can't remember. But um, there was also this, I think, I, th I think there's still one that's on the building, on the terrace on the, the uh, Asia Society in Admiralty. Um, and um, actually, there was a little bit of controversy when he exhibited some of these forms. Well, there was one on top of the, maybe the Fringe Club and, um, and some, some, some people who weren't aware of the exhibition saw the silhouettes of some of these figures that were on top of buildings at the time and thought that it might be somebody, you know, considering jumping, taking their life. 
been suicide. Mm. That, do you remember that? That's that story from a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, well, that story. Yeah. 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 Well, it's well. I mean, that that's so. Anyway, that's the artist, but he's a, he's really well known for pieces. He's from the UK. Is known for um, pieces in near Blackpool, I believe, in the in the north of the UK, where there are figures that are actually embedded into a beach there, and they uh, the tide comes up and uh, and comes up to a certain part of them. I think they're up to the shoulders or something, so they become submerged in the sea. Um, so he likes to go. He he likes to often put um, his sculptures out of the gallery space. But in this case, there was a project that he made in 2003, which was called Asian Field, and this was in in China. He works together with 300 villagers from uh, a a village in Guangdong province in five days in 2003, and they made together out of clay different figures and figurines, figurines being being smaller than life-size, some of them are life-size, uh, to make um, hundreds or ten, actually thousands of clay figures between these 300 villagers and Anthony Gormley himself. And this is going to be on display. This is going to be a really interesting one that uh, that is on display in a really huge gallery in the basement of uh, M+. Plus with an army almost of uh, of clay figures and it, it kind of as i'm saying it it sort of recalls the uh the terracotta warriors in xian and i'm sure there must have been mm. an overlap of uh, of that in his mind of the uh um but but but, but they're representing different types of uh um village dress across the whole of the chinese uh, china territory so there will be sort of ethnic costumes depicted in these as well his his sculptures are quite sort of um they're not full-on detail so if you had a costume of someone or if you had you know people in uh western everyday dress if he did it, if he did a guy in a suit it would be just the, the vague line of a lapel and where the cuff of a shirt or jacket is he doesn't go for great detail so it'll be more of a feeling of all of these people i think should, that, that should be quite interesting lovely yeah. Is there yeah. a website um, we can go to? Do we need to register beforehand? Um, I uh, I don't think that we that you need to register, but yeah, the website is all one word m plus m p l u s dot org dot h k, and that's for more information about the different exhibitions that are on there. And to mark the museum opening, the there will be no admission fees for uh, entry into M Plus Museum and all of its galleries. They are due to be waived for 12 months from the date of the opening for residents who can show valid ID. And that doesn't oh, mean wow. permanent ID. It yeah. means any ID. If you've any got an ID card, yeah. yeah, which basically is almost everybody that's in Hong Kong at the moment, isn't it? Because that's there's not great. too many people that, that are visiting that don't have one. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Um, I just, um, I, I just, just uh, quickly uh, add that there were some. Uh, comments made preceding the opening. So Henry Tang, um, who is the chairman of the board of the West Kowloon Cultural District, uh, did say in the last couple of weeks that uh, the official opening of M Plus marks a major milestone in delivering the vision for the development of West Kowloon Cultural District as one of the world's leading arts and cultural hubs. We will make M Plus a must-visit destination for local, regional, and international visitors. So these are big statements, yeah. 
They're big statements. It's been a long time coming. So, um, you know, everyone's really hoping this is going to be a superb world-class art gallery. Mm, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. great. It's going to be free for the next 12 months. Yeah. So no excuse yeah. <laughs> to, to not exactly. go. <laughs> exactly. Right. So uh, the, ne- the next thing that I want to mention is that there's a project in New York which has done something quite unexpected with an original Andy Warhol ink drawing. The late Andy Warhol, who's one of the kind of grandfathers of the pop art movement in the mid 20th century. He did those colourful images of Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley and the Campbell's soup tin, Coca-Cola bottles and, you know, he was he was basically one of the founders of the pop art movement. But he also did, like all artists do, sketches and drawings. And I sent you a, an image of this. Uh, sure, of this. I was waiting for you to bring that up. Um, why don't you just <laughs> yeah. describe what you sent me to the listeners? Sure. Sure, sure. well, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it looks it's a line drawing in ink pen, and it's three figures, three female figures. Uh, there's, um, and they are basically, there are two women holding what could either be a skipping rope or holding an arch through which a central woman, uh, unclothed, all of them, I should add, um, is walking through the arch that they're holding. Or maybe she's skipping. We don't know. It could be one or the other. What do you think? Skipping or walking, Lorraine? It looks like skipping to me because they're yeah. holding the rope as well. Yeah, I think so. It would be a bit unusual to be holding an arch that someone walks through, <laughs> wouldn't it? So, yeah. So what's happened here then is that a U.S. art collective called MSCHF, and that doesn't stand for five different words. It actually is a kind of a, a short form for spelling mischief. So MSCHF. So they like to be that popular word disruptors to the art world and what they've done is they bought an, uh, a genuine Andy Warhol ink drawing the one that Noreen and I were just discussing and it cost them uh, 20,000 US dollars that's 160, about 160,000 Hong Kong dollars and they then made 1,000 identical copies of this ink drawing and they treated the drawings to age the colour of the paper to make those copies look exactly the same as the original. And what did they do then? They shuffled them all up so that nobody would know which was the real Andy Warhol artwork. And they deliberately, in, in, in effect, destroyed any record of the original piece. There was no signature because the drawing that Noreen and I were just talking about there is although it is it's it's one of those really clean lined drawings a bit like a Matisse, a Matisse drawing where it's a very confident line but it's the sort of thing that a great artist could do in five minutes but he hasn't signed it so they're all they sh- they've shuffled them all up it, it, it dates back to 1954 Andy Warhol the late Andy Warhol is an icon as I said it's entitled Fairies by the way which still doesn't give us any clue further clue on whether they're skipping or not and um, they it, are this, naked this, though they are naked. Yeah, as, as, as uh, uh, not not all fairies are naked, are they? We've all seen um, Tinkerbell in uh, in Peter Pan in the Disney very version. To be of honest, that. it doesn't. I mean, it. I mean, it doesn't give you any details of of the nude body. It just looks like they're wearing like a a one piece suit of some sort. I don't know. Uh, they could be. They could yeah. be wearing a onesie. Each no. of them, and they don't have wings. So I'm not sure why he's calling them fairies. But anyway, that was what he did call them. Um, so. 
they will then display all of them in uh, in, a, in a gallery and they will sell each picture. And they've already started selling them, actually, for 250 US dollars. That's about 2,000 Hong Kong dollars, um, which will cover the cost of the 200,000 or the $160,000 original. And why are they doing this, though, is the big question, isn't it? And mm. the answer is, um, the collective made a joint statement saying that the capital A art world is far more concerned with authenticity than with aesthetic, aesthetics, the way something looks. Um, and it's proven time and time again by conceptual artworks sold primarily as paperwork and documentation, meaning that people are just trading artwork and, you know, looking at the, the paperwork as in invoices or receipts. That's what the collective says. But So they say by forging fairies en masse, we obliterate the trail of provenance of, of the artwork. Um, though physically undamaged, they're, they're talking about the original, though physically undamaged, we destroy any future confidence in the veracity of the work, meaning that it, you know, how much it's going to be worth. And by burying a needle in a needle stack, is that an American term for haystack? You know, haystack, needle in a haystack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a so, needle that, that, stack? That, that's, that, that, that's, that's what the statement says from Brooklyn, New York. By burying a needle in a needle stack, we render the original as much a forgery as any of our replications. So, basically, boiling it down, I'm sure, you know, that, that sort of, we get the theory there that um, they're trying to move away from people being obsessed by the value of something. Hmm. Um, so, that is a very unusual exhibition. That is uh, that is going on. You can find out more by uh, by googling. I don't I didn't check the website for this one, but if you want to know more, it's M S C H F Brooklyn Collective, and uh, and you can see more about that. And I, I know that we're close to uh, to the end of this segment, but just one quick last word that's kind of topical at the moment. While COP 26 is going on, which is all about reducing the effects of global warming around the world. Um, it's going on uh, uh, right now, and there's been a group of historians and artists who are lobbying the, uh, the Italian uh, president, Mario Draghi, to do something quickly to stop the water rising in Venice because there is so much protected architecture mm. and so much art, historical artwork and artefacts yeah. in Venice. So, so a group that call themselves Letter Edati, which um, does have a few scientists among its numbers, but is mostly historians and writers, have appealed to the, sorry, it's not, the, yeah, the Italian prime minister, I should say, to create a new authority for the protection of Venice and its historical and artistic um, items from the rise of sea level. And they may well get a hearing because Draghi himself has spoken publicly about his concern that Venice um, is 12.6% uh, uh, at risk of flooding within the next decade right. or so. Thank you so yeah. much, Andrew, for your time this afternoon. I look forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you very much, Andrew. And Thank I just want to quickly mention um, the South African playwright uh, uh, who won the Booker Prize, Damon Galgot. He'll also be at the Hong Kong International Literary Festival for a Zoom event. And for those of you who want to know more, go to their website, festival.org.hk. I'll be back tomorrow at the same time.